While You Were Folding, Episode 17, Jane's First Holy Communion. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things, marriage, parenting, faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been a wife for 10 years and a mother for eight. I won't pretend to be an expert, but I will introduce you to some amazing guests, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's go ahead and start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of this past week. It was full of many blessings, many challenges, many hiccups, but also many graces. Thank you for forgiving us for all of our shortcomings. Thank you for the gift of this vocation of being a wife and a mom. Thank you especially this week for the gift of our daughter Jane and the gift of the sacraments and for the opportunity for our daughter to get to experience what it means to receive you in the Eucharist. We thank you for all of these and the many blessings that you bestow upon us. We pray this in your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Jane received her first Holy Communion, and it was amazing. And she's going to come on the podcast here in a little bit to tell you all about it from her perspective. But first, I wanted to just give a quick little recap of our past week and tell you about what the experience was like on my end of things as Mama Bear. So last week, we had a novena, which is just a simple word for a nine-day prayer that the school gave to all of the parents to be praying with their children at home. And so we usually do family bedtime prayer downstairs around the ottoman. We just kneel around the ottoman and do bedtime prayers and share our intentions. And then when we were upstairs, when we were tucking in the kids, Philip and I every night take turns going room to room, tucking everyone in so that we have some individual time with them. And so when it came time to tuck Jane in, Philip and I were taking turns alternating evenings saying this um, first communion novena with her. So it was a neat chance for us just to slow down at the end of each day leading up to her first communion to get to pray those special prayers. And it was really emotional when we got to the night before her first Holy Communion to pray these words talking about the anticipation. And it reminded me so much of the night before Philip and I got married. And I think a lot of that was because that was the last big deal sacrament that I got to receive. And you have the gown and we had Jane's beautiful gown for the day. And so I had the wedding imagery in my head, but Jane was so excited and her excitement for First Holy Communion just reminded me so much of how I felt the night before our wedding. And she had gone on a retreat on Thursday at school with all of her classmates. 
And they had a great time. They got to do all kinds of things. <laughs> the funniest part was Jane telling me about getting to try eating an unconsecrated host. So for those who aren't Catholic, that just means a host is the circular disc of unleavened bread that is blessed by the priest. So before it had been blessed by the priest, the students got to try an unconsecrated host just to see what it tasted like. And Jane said it tasted like cardboard mixed with sand. And I thought that that was a pretty funny description. The way that I described it, at least the hosts that I grew up eating at the parish I grew up in in Omaha, I thought they always tasted like the flavor you get in your mouth when you lick an envelope. Uh, maybe you have a different experience. I don't know. But that's how I described it to Jane. But she was not pleased about the taste but she was very excited about getting to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. They also got to tour the sacristy, which is just the area where the priests put on their robes, their special garb that they wear when they celebrate the Mass. And the sacristy is also the area where the different vessels, the different dishes are cleaned and where the other linens are both prepared and washed and put together. And I think I had kind of taken for granted that a lot of young people, if they're never an altar server, don't get to see what the sacristy is like. So I'm so glad that Jane and all of her classmates got to see what is going on back there, to see the behind the scenes of what goes into preparing for the mass every day. And they, of course, practiced processing in, processing out in their song and everything else. And so Jane was preparing in that way. And on my side of things, I was preparing the house because we were going to do a luncheon, a luncheon reception afterward for my side of the family and Philip's side of the family and just have a big party here afterward. So my sister very generously offered to watch Dorothy on Friday morning while Harry was at preschool and the other kids were at school so that I could tidy things up around here and prepare things around the house. And that was such a gift. Jenny, if you're listening, thank you. You're awesome. And then I also had a friend very generously anticipate that I might want some help with my littlest ones on Saturday morning. Saturday was when Jane received her first Holy Communion. So my friend, Becca, if you're listening, you are my other hero. Becca watched Harry and Dorothy during the First Communion Mass. And I must say, I felt very conflicted about this because I thought, oh, I want everyone to be there. I want everyone to see everything. But if I'm really honest, at Mass lately, Dorothy and I have been doing the Narthex dance where we're basically just standing out in the waiting area outside of the main sanctuary while the mass is going on. And she's just at that age where if her feet are on the ground, she has ants in her pants and she has to be moving around. So I knew Dorothy would struggle with First Holy Communion Mass being a longer mass as it is. And I thought Harry could do fine, but I wasn't sure what the seating arrangement was going to be at First Holy Communion because I've been to different First Holy Communion Masses where each parish seems to do things a little bit differently. And 
Jane's school had not communicated at that point what the game plan was. We didn't find out until the afternoon before First Holy Communion that the expectation was that the first communicants, the children receiving First Communion, were going to be in the first couple of pews, and then there was a section right behind them reserved just for the parents of the first communicants. And so that meant that all other children needed to be cared for by someone other than the parents at the Mass. And I didn't think that that was probably going to go well, (laughs) because we struggle enough with the kids and there are children. And so I knew that my mind would be split trying to focus on, okay, are the kids behaving for whoever they're sitting with and just didn't want to deal with this. And because my friend had already offered to take the kids, I decided, you know what? First Holy Communion Mass, it's supposed to be an opportunity for us to pray for our daughter and enter fully into the prayerful experience. My friend has so generously offered to take Carrie and Dorothy. And so, yes, let's do this. And you know what? It was amazing because for the first time in I don't know how long, Philip and I were solo in a pew praying together and really entering into the mass experience. And now that's not to say that every Sunday mass when I'm running around with Dorothy that I'm not participating in the mass because I am, but it's a very different kind of participation. It's very different to be able to really feel like I'm meditating on the scriptures that are being proclaimed instead of following my toddler <laughs> around the narthex. But um, but yes, I'm so grateful to my friend for offering that. And then the other time that my sister was my hero this weekend was as soon as the Mass for First Holy Communion ended, my sister and her family got out of there and headed to our house to let everyone in and start getting the food out so that we could stay behind. Jane could take the class picture and we could talk to the pastor and the classroom teacher and then head home. So I am just so grateful for the gift of helpers this week, Becca and my sister, Jenny, you both saved the day. You're awesome. But I am kind of curious Now that I brought up the whole seating arrangement at First Holy Communion, how your parish handles this, because it's really logistically tough for young parents. I was thinking about the other families in the parish, and maybe they don't have extended family here in town, and they need to have their young children seated elsewhere. What in the world they would do in that scenario? So I was glad that my friend had offered to take our kiddos because I think, um, I don't know, I'm feeling a little conflicted about it because we're a pro-life church. We support life from the womb to the tomb, as we say. And yet at a mass like this, there's this expectation that all of the children not receiving first communion are off with someone else. And I get that. And I was blessed by my friend's generosity. But at the same time, what about the people who don't have that built-in support system and how how can we better support them? I guess that's what I'm trying to get at here. But I'd love to hear your feedback on all of that. 
So let's talk about the first Holy Communion Mass. So the day arrived, we wake up in the morning, we gave Jane her card, we gave her this necklace that we had gotten her that had the chalice and the Eucharist on it. And she was so excited and we put on the dress and she looked like this beautiful little bride of Christ. And we had this sweet moment. Philip captured a really beautiful picture of Jane walking out to the car and it was a rainy morning and she was lifting up her skirt so that she wouldn't step on it and get it dirty. And he said, I just, I saw her lifting up her skirt of her dress like that. And I thought I could see her doing that on her wedding day. And I had to take a picture of it and we can compare on her wedding day. If we have a picture like that, I just thought that that was so sweet that he had the presence of mind to get a picture of that moment and how cute it was that he was thinking about her wedding day. And, um, we got to the church and so it was just Philip, myself, Jane, and our son, Walt, our first grader. And then the younger two were at our friend's house and we arrived and Jane got to meet up with her classmates. And then Walt sat with my sister and her family and all of the grandparents and all of the other relatives are in the back of the church waiting for the moment to arrive when the first communicants start processing in. And we had a chance to have some quiet prayer time before mass began and the lights were low and then they brought the lights up and the music began and this sweet little first communicants start processing in and they had the girls on the left side and the boys on the right. And us parents were sitting right behind the first couple of pews and the little children were so sweet and they process in and the mass begins. And I think I had a couple of favorite parts. First, we have our pastor at St. Joseph's. His name is Monsignor Liam Barr. And Monsignor Barr, he is a very stoic Irishman, but he has developed such a soft spot both for Pope Francis and the theme of mercy that we have as Christians. And he gave such a beautiful, empowered message on the gift of the Eucharist. And looking at the first communicants, he told them that there is no event more important than what we are celebrating today, that there was nothing that we could possibly doing be doing that day that was more important than celebrating the first Holy Communion of these children. And I just loved that. And he said, as a priest, he has two favorite masses of the year. The first would be Holy Thursday. And on Holy Thursday in the Catholic Church, that's when we celebrate the institution of the priesthood and of the Eucharist. And he said that that's always one of his favorite to get to celebrate Holy Thursday Mass. And his, his other favorite is First Holy Communion. And he wanted the children and the parents to hear that part of the gift of the First Holy Communion Mass is for all of the adults who maybe it's been a while since they've received their own First Holy Communion to see the joy and the excitement that the young people have as they approach the altar to receive the Eucharist. And that we should all have that same kind of excitement every single time we approach the altar and receive Jesus bodily. And what a gift that is. And then the mass continued. And of course, I was getting emotional <laughs> all throughout it. After the homily, 
then we moved into some other prayers and we prayed the Our Father. And at this Mass, we were singing the Our Father. And to look at all these little children, the second graders, singing the words of the Our Father and their innocence and the beauty, I got totally overwhelmed and started crying big time then. And then the moment came for the first communicants to get to come forward. And what they did was they had the first communicant come up and then their mother and father followed right behind them. So the first communicant would receive the Eucharist and then the mother and father would receive the Eucharist right after that. And then they'd walk back together to sit down. So I (laughs) was not at all prepared for this, but just the symbolism of the moment of the two parents that created this child coming forward to offer her to Jesus and to be there physically as she becomes a living tabernacle. The tabernacle is what houses Jesus once the host has been consecrated. We believe that we become living tabernacles when we receive Jesus in the Eucharist. So the symbolism of Philip and I getting to walk up there with Jane in front of us, this child that God has given to us that we've been co-creators of, and then for Jesus to enter into her bodily, for her to become a living tabernacle and to be right there at that moment was just, I can't even begin to tell you, it was beyond overwhelming and I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it again. Um, yeah, it, it was it was just like what Monsignor Barr said. It was the moment of realizing what a gift it is. And if only we would pause and remember exactly what we're doing every time we go to Mass. And the gift that it is that Jesus would not only die on the cross for us, but give us himself bodily in the Eucharist is just absolutely overwhelming to me. And we got to go back to the pew and say our prayers of thanksgiving. And then the rest of the congregation, all of the other relatives got to come forward after the first communicants got to receive the Eucharist. And then once everyone was seated, For the meditation song, the second graders stood up and they sang, O Sacrament Most Holy. And it was so beautiful. As you can tell, I'm still very emotional (laughs) about the whole experience. But it was just a beautiful, beautiful mass. And I didn't know it at the time, but one of our God teens And again, if you've listened to previous episodes, you've heard me talk about God teens. That's just a smaller version of high school youth group. It's a small group of high school students that started coming to our house on Wednesdays as freshmen. And this year, our God teens are seniors. So we're approaching the end of our time with them. But one of our God teens said that he was covering his mom's holy hour in the Adoration Chapel. So for those of you who aren't Catholic, the Adoration Chapel is a place set aside off of the main sanctuary where we have Jesus present in the Eucharist placed within the tabernacle, the beautiful, usually gold-covered mini house where we keep the Eucharist that's been the consecrated hosts, the Eucharist, um, so people can stay with Jesus 
the idea comes from scripture where Jesus is in the garden before he experiences his passion and he asks his disciples to stay with him just for an hour. Can you not stay watch, stay awake with me for one hour? And um, anyway, so we have at our parish perpetual adoration where someone is always with Jesus praying with him because we believe he truly is present in the Eucharist. And so we don't want to abandon him. So anyway, one of our God teens was in the adoration chapel covering his mom's holy hour, but he didn't realize that it was going to be first communion mass. And then mass started and he saw that it was first holy communion mass. So he decided to stick around. And because of the position of the adoration chapel, he was able to watch the first communicants coming up. And he said he saw the moment that Jane received the Eucharist with us. And he said he was crying his eyes out because of what a beautiful emotional sight it was to get to see that. So that was really cool. A very unexpected blessing that one of our God teens got to be there because that's what we've hoped the whole God teens experience has been about. A chance for these high school students not only to get to know another couple and to have trusted adults in their lives and to be able to ask questions week after week and to have us learn from one another and grow in our faith, but to see what it means to be a quote unquote domestic church and to see the faith lived out week after week, but to really enter into our family life and to see the joy of what receiving the sacraments means to us and all of that. So that was really cool that he happened to be there to witness that really important moment for our family. And then the mass ended and we did pictures and everyone met up back at the house for a reception at the house. And thank you again to my sister Jenny and her family for helping to get everything out so that we could have lunch and Thank you to our family for being there with us. It was such a beautiful day and it meant the world to us that you were there. And Jane was so lucky. She got to receive so many beautiful presents. And I really wanted to share with all of you about this gift that I happened to find at our local Catholic bookstore. Um, Jane at her school, they go to mass every day, but the missalette that sits in the pew only has the Sunday mass readings. It doesn't have the weekday mass readings. And Jane has mentioned before that she has a classmate that has the huge missile. But I knew that that would be impractical for Jane. And I was kind of concerned that it would get destroyed. But I found out that there is this awesome and very expensive leather set of three separate missiles. And each one It's leather and it has a zipper around it so it's enclosed so the pages don't get bent and they come in a little box. And so one is for the Sunday readings and then the other two are split up. They're the weekday readings and half of it are Advent to Pentecost and the other half are Pentecost to Advent. And this is something that Jane can have for her the rest of her life. And it'll go through all of the readings for the entire year. But she only has to have one of them with her instead of having to carry all three at a time. And because it's zippered, she can just stick it into her backpack and hopefully it'll survive longer. But she's so excited about it. She got to take it with her today to school for the first time. And she brought the Sunday one with her to Sunday Mass. Um, So 
that was a really cool win of a gift and she's very excited about it. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes so that you can check that out. Maybe you have a child that's receiving confirmation this spring, or you know someone receiving First Holy Communion, or maybe even a graduation and you want the person to really enjoy the Mass more after graduation. Um, I think it's a beautiful gift. And like I said, it's something that the person can enjoy for the rest of their life. So definitely consider that. It's the St. Joseph Daily and Sunday Missal. And you can find it in any good Catholic bookstore, or there's a link The one I'm going to put in the show notes is to catholiccompany.com. I know they sell it on Amazon as well, but be sure and check that out. All right. Well, that's from my vantage point as Mama Bear, but I thought it would be fun to have Jane come on the podcast and talk about what it was like for her to get to receive her first Holy Communion. So here is Jane. So today I thought it would be cool if we could talk about what you got to do this past weekend. What happened on Saturday? First Holy Communion. So what does that mean to have your first Holy Communion? What is communion? Um, it's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And I got to receive it in the form of bread. That's right. Very good. So I want to know... When it was Saturday morning and you were at Mass, what were you thinking about when you were waiting in the pew to receive the Eucharist? I was just so excited. I was so happy. And I was like, Jesus, thank you so much for the sacrament. Wow. And then you walked up there and Daddy and I were right behind you. And what happened when you looked at Mommy? What was I doing? Mommy was crying. <laughs> Are you about to cry again? Maybe. And what <laughs> what were you thinking when you saw me? I was like, it's okay, Mommy. And what about when you saw Daddy? And I was like, hi, Daddy. I'm happy you're here for my first communion because usually you're at work. <laughs> so we got up there and you got to receive the Eucharist. And what was that moment like? I was like, I'm so happy! Yay! (laughs) Were you nervous? Because you were preparing for this moment for a really long time. Yeah, I was pretty nervous when I received him. So why were you nervous? I was afraid that maybe that part of the Eucharist wasn't blessed. How come? Like... You know how he puts his hands above it? Maybe the blessing didn't go on that piece of bread. Oh, no. It happens for all of the hosts that are blessed at that time, so you don't need to worry about that. No one can tell, but I'm smiling right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, was it what you thought it would be like to receive the Eucharist? No. I thought it would be how it tasted like like when I tried the host unconsecrated. So what was different about it? It tasted much better. (laughs) You think so? Do you think it tasted better just because you were so excited? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So when you got back to your pew and you knelt and you were praying and talking with Jesus, what did you and Jesus talk about? Do you want to share that or do you want to keep that between you and Jesus? Um, I want to share, um, 
You know your friend's son, um, Isaiah? Yes. I was praying that his eye would get better. Wow. Jane, that's amazing. Thank you for praying for Isaiah and for his eye. Did you talk with Jesus about anything else? I told him that I really, really want his eye to get better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really special that you wanted to pray for Isaiah and for his eye to feel better. Isaiah is a friend's, a friend of mine has a son who had to have a surgery today, and this was back on Saturday that Jane received the Eucharist, and she, it sounds like, offered up her first Holy Communion for Isaiah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Jane, that's really special, and that's a really neat gift that you were able to give him. So thank you for doing that. That means a lot to me, and I'm sure it means a lot to my friend. We should start talking again. <laughs> <laughs> so, was there anything else about your first communion day that you wanted to share? I wanted to share that I did not feel so good about the pictures. What do you mean you didn't feel good about them? There were super long lines, plus it was very crowded, and I wanted to go home. You wanted to go home. Were you tired at that point? And were you really hungry? Mm-hmm. And are you kind of like mommy when you get tired and hungry? What yeah. happens? I want to go home. <laughs> you get really tired and upset like I do, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. So we got to go home, right? Mm-hmm. And that was just fine. So the next day was Sunday, and we got to go to Mass again together Yesterday. as a family. And so what was it like to get to go for the second time up in the communion line? Because usually you would get a blessing from the priest, but this time all together as a family at at Sunday Mass, you got to receive the Eucharist, right? Yeah. So did you feel like an old pro? (laughs) Mommy. Did you feel like an old pro when you went up there? I was so happy because Walden and Harry don't really get communion, and I'm happy that they're going to receive it. I'm so happy that I'm receiving it now. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you can pray for your brothers for the day that they get to receive the Eucharist, too. Uh-huh. And Dorothy, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then what else was special about Mass on Sunday? You got to bring your new present with you. What's your new present? Oh, right, my missile. So you can follow along at Mass? Yep, it's black. There's also a red one, plus there's another black one. (laughs) (laughs) So that's awesome. And I love my missile! Well, Jane, I'm super proud of you, and I think it's wonderful that you get to receive the Eucharist now, and you're going to remind Mommy and Daddy to make sure you get to confession at least every month, right? Yep. Why is it important to go to confession every month? So that all your sins can go away. Why is it important to make sure that you're not in a state of mortal sin when you receive the Eucharist? Because that's called sacrilege. Sacrilege, you're right. What's that mean? Um, disrespect of holy things. Am I close? Disrespect of holy things? Is that what you said? Yeah, you're right. Because what's the holy thing or holy person that you're receiving? Jesus Christ. That's right. And if you were to go to him and try to receive him in a state of mortal sin, what would that mean? 
You weren't receiving Jesus. That you're not receiving him in a state of grace, right? Yeah. And that's a problem. So we'll make sure you get to confession every month. Okay? Mm -hmm. And you make sure mommy and daddy get to confession every month too. (laughs) Okay? Okay. Jane, I love you. I'm really proud of you. I'm glad you got to receive the Eucharist. I know that I say this in every time I'm here, but Mommy, can I have a hug you? <laughs> yes. Love mm-hmm. you, Mommy. Love you, Jane. Look at Monty's asleep down there. Monty's our puppy. Jane, I am so proud to be your mom, and I'm thrilled that you get to receive Jesus in the Eucharist from now on at Mass. And we will always do our best as your parents to make sure you get to go to confession on a regular basis. And I hope you just always love Jesus as much as you do today. I wanted to be sure and and share a new iTunes review. This is from Working Catholic Mom. She says, What a fantastic Catholic podcast. I love your calm voice, your book recommendations, your glimpse into your family life. You have phenomenal guests, and I most recently enjoyed your podcast with Wendy. I look forward to the release of your episode next week. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for that awesome review, Working Catholic Mom. That means the world to me. And as I say just about every week, please, please, please keep reviewing the show and rating the show. That helps the show to get in front of as many listeners as possible. We are well over 6,000 downloads at this point, and our listenership keeps growing. So thank you so much for rating and reviewing the show wherever you listen. And I also wanted to be sure and pass along a prayer request This weekend on Sunday is our God Teens finale mass. So please pray for our God Teens and all of the graduating seniors as they discern their next chapter in life, whether they're going on to college or they're starting a job. Please pray that God keeps them close and that they continue to lean on him as they enter into their next chapter. Also, for those of you who are local to Lincoln, We have a really cool opportunity to have some community prayer this weekend. So also this Sunday, April 29th from 8 to 9 p.m., they're having what's called the Husker Catholic Candlelit Rosary. And the goal is to get as many people out there as possible to surround the border of UNL's campus to form a human rosary. And it's going to be candle lit and beautiful and a chance for us to pray the rosary together, Catholics from all over the diocese. So if you're available, I would love to see you there. Again, that's the Husker Catholic candle lit rosary. And that's this Sunday, April 29th, starting at 8 p.m. They recommend that you get there by 745 so that you have enough time to get situated. But I'll include a link to that in the show notes so that you can see more information. You're encouraged to meet up with your parish, and each parish has been assigned a different place on the route to form a border around UNL's campus. So be sure and check out the link for that. But again, that's the Husker Catholic Candlelit Rosary this Sunday, April 29th from 8 p.m. I hope I'll see you there. That's going to do it for this week. I hope you get in touch. Please keep sending me your questions, your topic suggestions. You can email me at podcast at or you can find me on Facebook. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.